You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. This is Soccer Today, live on SPN Radio. Your new live show about the beautiful game in all its glory. With Dwayne Rollins and Kevin Laramie. MLS, EPL, La Liga, Champions League, all is fair game. Powered by the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us at sportspodcastingnetwork.com. Welcome, 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 welcome to Soccer Today. I'm Dwayne Rollins along with Kevin Laramie. Are you there or are you, are you on your, uh, it's a PlayStation you have, right? Are you, are yes, you on your uh, video game system? No, but call me Alex Hunter from now on. My name is not Kevin Laramie anymore. I am through the journey. Oh, not done, not even close, but I stayed up till the wee hours of the morning trying to break the starting 11 of Chelsea and not being able to. And now, would you know that I'm on loan? In the championship for Newcastle. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, we're going to talk about that in just a couple minutes. We'll set the show up first, but Kevin is going to, to give his uh, very first impression reviews. He'll have a more, more full review on uh, sports in the game, uh, which is one of our is our sports video game podcast on the network. Uh, that uh, probably will you'll see a lot more on the days ahead as the, the new versions come out. I suspect Kevin, and uh, I don't exactly. want to speak for you, but I suspect exactly. Yeah, so uh, we'll get we'll get a full review on there, but we will do our initial reactions to FIFA 17. I know there's probably a lot of our listeners that uh, that were up at the wee hours, or at the very least, went first thing to the mall this morning to to pick one up, and are, are going to be have their heads buried in that. But we're also going to talk about there's news out of Atlanta United, the coach hiring that we thought was going to happen happen. Uh, what's his name again, Kevin? In French, uh, Tata Martino. Yeah, the, the idiot, right? <laughs> the idiot Martino. Tata yeah. Martino has been hired by Atlanta United. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk a bit about that. There's a there's a reality TV show that the CBC uh, has. Uh, well, no, it's a drama. It's not a reality TV show. It's a drama. Oh, it's a drama. It's I thought a it was drama. a reality TV show. No, it's a drama. Eight eight episode drama going to be filmed in Montreal, in the world of soccer, a top academy level uh, type of the of show where you'll see the ins and outs and drama surrounding an academy uh, team. So it'll be interesting uh, where they filmed this. I have a little feeling we might see the Montreal impact infrastructures and stuff like that being used. One of the reasons why it's probably filmed in Montreal, but that is going to be interesting because, you know, we talk about the growth of the sport. Sometimes to grow something, you have to go out of your boundaries and to have a show on the CBC that was going to have like a youth type of aspect to it. It's going to be like a, I don't want to say Degrassi, but maybe that's the idea behind it and uh, could have a lot of potential and help give the sport a new image in Canada. Yeah, so we'll talk a bit about that. Uh, we'll talk about any other news that comes up. We're going to look at the uh, the Jordan uh, U-20 World Cup for the under, sorry, U-17 World Cup, I misspoke, uh, which starts on Friday, Canada and the U.S. involved in that. So we will have a lot more material on that. Uh, we're looking to, to book our friend Daniel Scusato in the days ahead. Uh, we may even get him plugged in this show. I'm not promising that, but uh, certainly in the days ahead, we will have Daniel on here uh, to talk about the U-17 World Cup with a Canadian focus. Uh, Kevin and I will do a brief little setup in the second segment, but before we do any of that, we got to go back to Kevin's favorite and probably only topic in his mind right now. He's probably got the <laughs> pixel um, images just running through his head. Uh, coffee is a big topic in my mind right now, but outside of coffee, FIFA 17 is right up there. All right, let's just jump in, and I'm going to say, when you opened the box last night, you got it at midnight, right? Yeah, well, I uh, it was already downloaded, So, because I bought it online. It's called Day One Digital, so you buy it before, it downloads, and at midnight, you can actually start playing. Okay, so exactly, you could, at midnight, you, like, one oh. so when, when did you log on? Was it 12 o'clock right on the dot? 12.001. All right, so you were on there, and, and what did you do? You got went right into that uh, yeah, career so went, mode? Exactly. I went right to the journey mode. Uh, of course, I... You, when you start, it starts with an FA Cup match of Chelsea versus Arsenal. So you have to play that game to experience. You see the difference. So you play a game to start with. Then the actual game starts. You get the menu, load up screen. A little darker menu this time around. The game in itself is a little bit darker, but that's all well and good. It gives a better experience. 
the stadium, Dwayne. You see the smoke in the air, the the you, the the gaze of the game. It's such a high level. I've it's it's crazy. Uh, just gameplay wise, when you're just holding on to the ball, you know, we always think a video game when you hold the ball or you run with the ball. It's never really realistic. It is now. <laughs> Okay. The ball bounces like a regular ball. Uh, something happened to me this morning. Uh, somebody made a pass to me and I passed it back, but the ball was spinning in the air before it touched the grass and actually made a, ba- a reverse bounce, just like it would <laughs> in real life. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, it's that level now. So they have uh, the physics, ball physics oh. are on there. Their AI is improved. Um, okay, t- let's walk us through the, this new new feature that you're talking about. So you're Alex Hunter. Uh, well, first off, why are you Alex Hunter? Alex Hunter, born and raised in London. Uh, I don't know why it's Alex Hunter. It's a mix of Marcus Rashford, Harry Kane, Dilly Alley, all those guys together. And the creators decided to name it Alex Hunter. It's an actor called Tomiyu Onda who does... Uh, play kind of play because the, uh, the the scenes are actually filmed with motion capture film and uh, digital cameras so they use this and transpose it in the actual graphics of the video game it actually looks amazing because of the new frostbite engine that EA Sports have created for those type of games uh, but when you have Alex Hunter you start Dwayne you're literally 8 years old you're, oh, at, wow. your, you're at your first championship when you're 8 and it comes to the penalties. And, and, you know, it's just cinematic. That's the way it starts, right? It's cinematic. So, uh, spoilers here. If you don't want to know more about the story and the journey, probably press stop on your recording or, devices. Or fast-forward it. Or fast-forward it. Yeah. yeah. But when you start, uh, here's how I felt when I was like, wow, this could be awesome. Imagine if they let me play the penalty. Oh, they won't because it's just going to be like a cinematic. They want you to hit it, right? And then it shifts <laughs> and it's you. You control the 10-year-old. Oh, and you're at like a weird training ground. They're like it looks the same. Like when you go to your community park playing seven v seven when you're eight, and you understand. But then you hit the penalty, and when you score, you win the championship. You got your medal. You go home. Your mom gets into a fight with your dad. Your dad leaves. You don't have your dad in your life anymore. That's a little, like a little story on the side. Uh, just a little story on the side <laughs> that's, here. That's dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you don't really like. It, there's no focus on it, Wayne. You just hear it in the background. They okay, they fight when you're going to get your penalty because during that game you dove and your father's like, "No son of mine is gonna play that way. I'm leaving." So he leaves. And I'm Social commentary here. by FIFA. Okay, go yes, on. Exactly. No diving. So, so you have that aspect. Then you win your game, and then you fast forward to seven years later, where you haven't been recruited by any academy. So you're at the England exit trials. That's it's your last chance. You either play the first game, qualify for the training sessions and then you have a last game at the end you need to perform well throughout the whole ordeal to have a chance of maybe signing with a club after that so you go through a game 11 v 11 but you're all wearing like uh, practice jerseys you're on a training pitch it looks just like it would in real life at the fa training ground and you're there battling you're doing a game first and then you're going to training session so you're learning how to kick so there's a a tutorial built into the storyline because you're trying to make good uh results you're trying to hit the sessions correctly you you got to play the game a little bit as well exactly double double meaning to it yeah yeah exactly so it changes the difference so then you try to impress people and at the end of the exit trials if you perform correctly which is at the top 10 if you don't you're just going to have to redo it you choose your team which you want to play for and my choice was obviously Chelsea because in storyline my grandfather played for Chelsea my father was a, a pro but was a foreign professional and you Alex Hunter want to follow in the footstep of your grandfather and become a striker for Chelsea and that's what I have done there you go so you you do have it basically you have to meet a thir- certain threshold of, of skills in the in the performance yes. part yeah and, and once uh, you, you do that you can choose whatever team you wish yes and your threshold is going to help you have your your overall rating go higher it's going to start higher if you have a good result into the in the old sessions and the game and it's going to be a little lower if you didn't and the thing interesting fact is if you choose like if you choose uh, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, uh, the big clubs, United. So the big clubs, if you choose them, 
it's going to be diff- more difficult for you to get playing time. If you choose like a, you can't choose Stoke because they're not in the Premier League. But if you choose, I don't know, a, a Burnley or Watford, it'll be easier to crack the starting eleven. What happened to me now? It's been a few games. I I performed well in the preseason, so I made the squad. But after a few games, uh, I wasn't on the starting eleven, and Antonio Conte came to see me. Like, dude. Uh, you got two choices here, you know, we're, we're going to send you on loan, you're going to get more playing time, but over there, you're going to become a better player. So after Conte's advice, I chose Newcastle, and I am now, after two games, the leading scorer in Newcastle in the championship this season. So you have to start with, you have to start a Premier League team, and then they can loan you down to the championship, that's yep. how it works? Yep, exactly, because if you're too young, I'm 17 years old. Okay, fair enough. So you're now playing for Newcastle, and if you uh, do do well, so you said you you had to pick a Premier League team. You couldn't pick. Uh, you couldn't yeah. start lower. No, you started. You pick a Premier League team. So you have one of those twenty teams that you can pick. But you like okay. in the academy system. You like in reserve, and you're trying to break out. You have like a like a like imagine like an energy bar, like a stamina bar of video yeah. games. You know what I mean? But you have reserve, substitute, and starting eleven. The more points and form you get, the higher you get. And when you reach starting eleven, you start games. So uh, there's that aspect. You have to be consistent too. Like one bad game is actually gonna regress you a bit. So yeah, okay, fair enough. So you, you like you said, if if I want to break into City, um, I'm gonna have to be damn good. Otherwise, because you know I'm yep. have to I'm bumping out uh, Nacho and uh, and Aguero and yep. you know right De Bruyne and all that. So I have to be better than those players in the video game sense uh, to get the playing time. So that makes sense. But if I go to Burnley. I'm going to play a little quicker. You'll be better. Gonna, exactly. You'll be the best player when you start. games because I'm playing with Burnley. Exactly. And this mix with everything else is very deep. It's deeper than I thought. When we talked about the journey, I thought it was going to be like a 12 to 13 hours. It might be the case still, but it's deeper than I thought because you actually, yes, you do not have like, you don't continuously start when you're eight, right? You don't have to play 10 seasons until you're you're 18. No. But you do have to do a lot of training sessions. And if you simulate them, you'll get points, but you'll never go as fast. You'll never have that growth quick enough that's going to be fun and quick and be a prodigy at 19-20 and score crazy amount of goals in the Premier League, which is the top, uh, which is what you need to do, right? You want to become a legend for the club. That's the journey part of it. So I'm interesting to see where it leads me. I'm now three games into my championship season, so we'll see where that leads. But it's took me more time than I expected. I went to bed pretty early this morning, and I didn't get through the most amount that I would have expected to. Fair enough. So you say that you continue on. Like once you you establish yourself as Chelsea's uh, uh, starting striker, you, you continue to play games for them and you have a career with them. Is that the idea? Yeah, that's the idea. You, you might get sold too because your transfer value goes up. So the goal is to get your transfer value up, your overall rating up. And an interesting fact too, in the game, you have a friend that's with you that you've been playing since you're eight years old with. And he won the championship with you when you were eight. And he was with, at the exit trials with you. And he got recruited by all. Oh, lo and behold, the same team as you did, and you're all best friends, but then you're fighting for the same spot, so oh, tensions are brewing between the two. That's where it stands right now. It, that's that's I see that exactly. So you you can like they'll approach you like Barcelona has offered us blah blah blah. So we're going to so you have a choice. Then I assume whether yeah, you want to go. Yeah, I assume that's going to be the case eventually. Yeah, down the road. Yeah, so that's it's just like anything. So you, you said that you're Alex Hunter. Are the, is there like uh, Alexis? Uh, I don't know, whatever. Like, can you go start in Spain? Can you start elsewhere? Or do you have to start in England? No, it's not in England for this one. It's just in England. It's Alex Hunter. You can do your own career on the side and do whatever you want in any league you want. But for the journey itself, it's just okay. Premier League for this year. It's their first foray for EA Sports into that type of storyline for their sports game. It is based on... NBA 2K16, where they had the enter the game faction, uh, faction mode, where yeah. Spike Lee actually wrote it, and you're freak, a uh, prodigy of basketball, and you become a, yeah, you have friends, and when your friends get killed or dies, and then you know, this whole storyline in Spike Lee, so of course somebody gonna get killed and die, so <laughs> <laughs> that goes without saying. There's, there's some political commentary buried within, I'm sure. Well, yes, yes, it's well, not buried. It's right there, right there for everybody to see. <laughs> but, thump, 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 bag of hammers, got it. Yeah, yes, exactly. Radio Rahim, you're amazing. But uh, that being said, when you're looking at a EA Sports Foray, it's not as emotional, but it's really made for the experience of you going through the pace, going through the motions 
of a young academy product through his career ups and downs and the experience is based off Harry Kane there, there's few consultant to this part of the game that EA Sports took time uh about nine months ago to sit down record watch them play but have deep conversation about how was it growing up with your friends how was it growing up with your teammates exactly like the exact example that i mentioned you're a teammate with eight nine years old and you go through the ranks together and at some point you're at the high level together and there is complications there is a well he started in front of me but i always was the good one he was always beneath me right so those type of conversations are based on real life events and uh, that's interesting when you have a Harry King it's based in England his experience is really shown through that you have Marcus Rashford as well he looks a lot like Rashford but it is based on Rashford Harry Kane Dilly Alley their young history going through the ranks in England through the FA system through different academy systems and it shows in that experience because you do have that death level of your grandfather talks to you about stuff you know the community gets behind you you become a star people the money aspect oh your first apartment those are the type they type of things that the game actually touches you see Alex Hunter go into his first big flat when he makes a big check and you have choices to make and conversations that you have Dwayne one point that I didn't talk about because it's not sports related but in the game you always have three different options for answering questions that you ask or for for okay. conversation you have a hot like a fiery hot uh, type of uh, uh, attitude answer. You have a cool and loose, cool attitude answer, or a balanced one. And depending on your answer, it will change the personality of Alex Hunter to mimic and reflect the answers that you cho- that you choose. So, imagine, imagine most people will go with the angry one just because that's more fun. But well, yeah, probably just you, Dwayne, because. That's you. Okay. <laughs> That's called projection. <laughs> but, okay. but if you're looking at, uh, I have chosen balanced and cool. So the manager, because the manager, imagine if you're Balotelli, you always choose hot and fiery. And guess what? Manager doesn't pick you. So that's the type of thing that you, that actually does have a, a reflection on if you get picked or not is how you answer questions. Are your social media scores, of course, if you make big incendiary quotes you're gonna get a lot of attention socially but your coach might not play you so you have to juggle with that aspect fair enough it seems kind of interesting it also seems like a model that obviously fifa is their highest selling game uh, ea sports uh madden and, and fifa would be the two big ones i suspect that if this is successful that you might see this uh this type of idea it's, it's already you, because it was successful somewhere else and it's in fifa yeah it's because it was might... successful in the show and in nba 2k which are made by other developers than uh, EA Sports, but EA Sports were able finally this year to include those type of storylines into their gameplay, and we're going to see this probably next year in NHL and other say, EA Sports. It lend itself; you could go through junior, etc., yeah. etc. Right? Well, you already do that, but not the off ice aspect, which is really off the pitch. That this game becomes interesting for that story mode because it actually feels like you're playing a game about soccer and not a soccer game with a career in it. And that's an actual distinction that's quite enjoyable. I have to say, I'm looking forward for 1201 when I start back my day with Alex Hunter. All right, so you got 42 minutes to go here, Kevin. So well, there is two, <laughs> there is two minutes left in the segment here. Let's just quickly just look at the rest of the game real quickly. I know you've been mostly focusing on that, but I'm sure I that you I played a game other... this morning with my friend David Foote. We tried it out, our co-op season. It did not go well, so I guess the game is all is well in the world. We lose. But it looks, you know what I said? It looks a lot better. And it actually looks nicer when we lose. So I guess there's that. (laughs) (laughs) The the gameplay, the physics, it's really made... You cannot shoot a ball like super powerful. No, it's really made like real life. You have to small touches, open foot, side foot, really do things with intention in FIFA 17. And it would reward you. Take your time, make that bad pass, look for that run correctly. Do not try to just boot it up and put Zatan on it because he's not that good so that's the interesting part with FIFA 17 is you have to be careful and have intent in your play you have to not press the button hard it's not a button mash game it's a very intricate game 
very subtle. And then, well, that's what I found. I mean, I joke about how bad I am. It's because I don't have a, I don't have a new gen system. So obviously I'm not very good at it because I don't have the practice. And that's always been my take is it's, it's, it's almost like the sport itself now is you can't just pick it up and be good at it. You need to, you need to train at it essentially to be decent at it. And yeah. it sounds like it's the same. Well, there's always ways. Like if you just want to play with your friends, you can adjust the settings by putting arcade mode and putting a di- different controls that you just have two button example, pass and shoot. That is possible, but for the full aspect, go with classic control and full simulation where you will have the actual experience of playing pickup soccer, literally. Like, especially like when, you, when I was talking about the training ground, you have, yeah. the, you have the feeling of, I had the feeling of watching a college game or watching a high school game, the, the, the level of play where you cannot decide, like your guy doesn't have five-star skills, so you can't like do uh, overlays and uh, trick shots and whatever. No, you have to take the ball, pass it to the open guy, run forward, get the ball. You have to play almost route one in some way. And it's actually very, very interesting because you have to think about what you're doing and not just play soccer. Well, it's always what I found interesting about FIFA when I do play it is that it does it reminds me of of how I can think a game and I can see a game and I can I understand how to play it. I just don't have the hand skills basically to do it. Excuse the sort of weird little twist on that, but that's what it is. <laughs> um, real quickly on that, before we say goodbye, a lot of people uh, will be familiar with this game. Any changes to the leagues available, uh, et cetera, et cetera, or is it pretty much just the same platform that you way? You basically There's, have the same uh, almost every league. You do have uh, you do. Uh, actually have a big you don't have the champions league like the champions league branding and that is not in fifa but that's the only big right that they don't really have uh nasl obviously is not in the game usl either but you do have mls with all updated roster updated jerseys you got the rest of the leagues in the world with updated rosters updated jerseys very interesting Four leagues of England, you have Premier League, Championship League 1, League 2. Bundesliga, you got two. France, you got two. Big leagues in the world are represented in this game in some shape or form. Turkey is now involved. There's a lot of leagues in this game. All right, fair enough. You said the Champions League's out there, but they have like sort of a a weirdly named competition. It's the same thing. Euro Champion or the the Champions Cup or whatever they can do to get around it. Yeah, got it. All right. Uh, the FA Cup is here. Like this year, it's the Emirates FA Cup. It's the actual same branding. It, that's how the game starts. So there's uh, those trophies. And it's it's funny, too, because the championship has lost its sponsorship, too, right? It's the championship of the EFL now. It's an yeah. English football league championship. And you have those updated branding with the updated branding of the Premier League, which I'm still trying to get used to. And it's going to take me a while. Yeah, I don't like the graphics on TV. The I don't the like the line. colors. Like it's, it looks like something from 1997 to me. But at any rate, that's just my that's Dwayne Talks uh, design. There, I love the I clean, know. sleek, bluish, like the the, the purple. It, never mind the color. I like the the design, like the clean because everything's become clean cleaner, right? That that's mm-hmm. how I designed SPM last year too. The logo is everything I've seen. Everything going to clean lines, two colors, like. Not too much uh, details and make it just stand out for what it is. And that's what we've seen with the Premier League logo. But the color scheme they chose, the color schemes, because there's like four different ones. I'm not the biggest fan. I didn't know that a rave party was going on when I was watching soccer. Do, 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 do. Okay, on that note, before I start singing uh, singing uh, EDM music to you, uh, let's uh, take a quick break, Kevin. Come back and we'll talk a little some team. You are listening to Soccer Today, live on SPN Radio. Visit sportspodcastingnetwork.com for more. I'm just Googling there. Apparently, Google turns 18 today. That makes me wow. feel really, really old. Yeah, Google could finally have a drink in some states, uh, at yeah. least in Quebec, for sure. It can have a drink in Quebec. It's uh, it's it's good for Google that way to get hammered now. Yeah, um, I'm not it, sure that's good, though, because you know Google. If Google gets high, Google might turn into Skynet. There you go. I remember... But I remember pre-Google a little bit. That's going to make me feel real old. Uh, there's used to, my, I remember the, web the crawler. search engine I used to use before Google was called Hotbot. I used to so re- web crawler. I was a web crawler guy. Then yeah. there was Yahoo for everybody. Then 
than, than Google. Google one. <laughs> I remember when Google was first starting. Uh, yeah, how it was like, you got to try this one. And then eventually it's like, well, now it's a verb. So there you go. Now it's like, a, it's a standard. Like, now yeah. it's what? You're using Bing? With Ask Jeeves. Do you remember Ask Jeeves? <laughs> Just <you> ask. <laughs> when you Google was, something, well, here you go. When you Google something and it asks you, go to ask.com. Uh, no. Who, yeah. would, who does that? <laughs> Time traveler from 1992. What are you doing? Well, it's like that I'm feeling lucky button. Never pressed it. What does it do? I don't know. It randomly gives you a result. We, we used to kind of do that back in the 90s too, back when the internet was, back when this was a wonderful thing that you could go anywhere. And now we all realize that we just go to the same six sites. But it's like our oh, TV. We have seven, 600 channels. We, use we don't even sites. go to websites anymore. The way We go to Facebook and Twitter and off of there we go everywhere. Precisely. All right. It's, uh, speaking of, uh, of uh, going everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of going places. The Middle East is hosting a women's uh, football tournament, uh, Jordan. Um, that, that's, that's, I think, significant on its own uh, right there, that the uh, area of the world that has not been known for its uh, inclusion of women athletes are areas in the Middle East where women can't even watch games anymore. And that's a big problem that should be uh, that we should all be angry about. But uh, I think it's good for the region that they are opening up to something like this and that FIFA is providing them with an opportunity to host it uh, you know, you can be cynical about that, but I do think that uh, the one thing that, you know, whether or not the motives were great with uh, FIFA trying to get the World Cup to different parts of the world uh, or not is uh, beside the point. It is the right thing to do, regardless of whether the motivations were right, if you follow. So so I'm happy there to start with that, that Jordan is hosting this because uh, women's football does need to be spread to parts of the world where it's not uh, widely played yet. And uh, we'll see how Jordan does as the host nation in this tournament. Let's just quickly go through it, Kevin. Um, obviously, we're going to bring some experts on to talk about this a little bit more. Um, I am not going to sit here and be arrogant enough to, to pretend that I am an expert on 16-year-old girls playing soccer in the world or even in Canada. I know some of the names in Canada. Uh, Diane Rose, we all know, a uh, Canadian national team player. But other than that, uh, we'll we just be sort of grasping at straws. So we'll bring experts in, Kevin. So uh, let's just quickly go through the groups here. And uh, and then look at Canada's roster at the end. Um, anything to say? Anything to add before I go through this, Kevin? Nope. I don't want to monopolize. Go, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Group A, uh, which is the host nation, is uh, Jordan, Spain, Mexico, and New Zealand. Uh, obviously, again, we're not experts on these lineups. You would think that uh, that the Spanish team, uh, New Zealand's traditional in the women's side of the game, would probably be the favorites there. It'd be interesting to see how the experts do or how the uh, hosts do. As I said, Group B is Canada's group. Um, they uh, they got stuck with Germany again. Uh, this seems to be kind of a trend with uh, Canada uh, getting drawn into Germany. The uh, interesting so, team in Canada's group will be Cameroon. Oh, the African nations are usually very difficult to handicap at this level. Uh, we saw it at the U twenty tournament here in Canada. Uh, I watched uh, Ghana and Canada play live, and and the the guy the what's Ghana Guyanese gun no Guyanese. the Guyanese are down yeah there. the Guyanese but uh, yeah. just to go to your point Trinity and Tobacco remember that team that came to the United States with uh, like $500 a few years ago yeah. that Mike Fricpo helped well that team finished fourth in that tournament like uh, made it to group stage and the out of nowhere you never know what you get with uh, African or South American teams that are smaller in a way but at that level they actually can sometimes with athleticism sometimes with a better technique or just a cool group cool player that know each other and have been playing together for a while can actually achieve results at that level yeah precisely so it'd be interesting to see Canada uh Coming off the bronze medal, there will be uh, some interest in that. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what the TV was in this. Uh, typically, uh, these will be probably available on, on streams. Uh, you may get some some games on TSN. TSN has the rights for these tournaments. Whether they subcontract is the question. I haven't heard anything yet. I'll, we'll let you know when we do. But these games start Friday. So Canada will kick off on Friday against Cameroon. That will probably be... Uh, a match that uh, that will tell us a lot about this group. If they can get a result there, I suspect that they should be at the very least in in with a favorite to advance as the second place team. But as well as the fourth team in Canada's group, uh, Group C Canada or Group C Kevin is Nigeria, Brazil, England, and North Korea. North Koreans uh, we've kind of forgotten about them. They were suspended because they used an illegal. Uh, they basically yes. had an overage player playing in a youth tournament and they got booted out, well, uh, which included the Olympics yeah, uh, and uh, the World Dwayne, Cup. So to, to be fair, that they got busted. One over player. There might have been more. We, we don't know. It's yeah. the one team in the world where 
it always becomes complicated because of the aspect of the DPRK and aspect of this team being in a closed environment coming out and not having any information on the players and not necessarily trusting the source of the information where we do get the information about age and all of those type of things that you would think would be usually normal. But yeah, you never know. Sometimes they're overage. We've seen this in different sports in different countries. In the world of women's soccer, it comes from DPRK because of, well, the fact that this soccer program exists not just to play soccer, but to represent North Korea in the world and try to be the best it can be. Yeah, the North Koreans purposely picked women's soccer to, to put a lot of attention to because uh, not because of some kind of, uh, you know, equality hey, measure. Let's call it, let's call it spade, propaganda measures. Yeah, they thought that they could jump ahead quicker. Anyway, they, it, it, this does mark the return to the international scene on the women's side this tournament, though. So it will be uh, intriguing to watch what they do there. This is, uh, by all accounts, a group of death, though. Uh, North Korea, England, Brazil, and Nigeria is usually a strong team in the African uh, world. So that is an absolutely group of death in this tournament. Group D, the final group, is the United States, Paraguay, Ghana, and Japan. You'd have to think the U.S. and Japan are your top two teams there. Canada, real quickly, I'll look at the Canadian roster. Uh, as I said... Uh, Diane Rose is the player that people are talking about. Uh, she is, uh, of course, the uh, player that was on. They got a little bit of time in the um, in the, uh, the bronze medal game, uh, the bronze medal run, I should say. A very athletic forward, a player that uh, has scored some goals for the senior team. So uh, this is absolutely going to be Canada's uh, main focus on this. Just look really quickly looking at the rest of this roster. You have a lot of players coming from the Vancouver uh, Whitecaps FC elite program uh, there. Uh, there's uh, just on a quick count. It looks like uh, there's six of them coming from that. There's a lot coming from the Unionville, Unionville Melkin uh, Soccer Club, which is up in Markham. Uh, they uh, feed into Aurora uh, to Aurora, which is uh, the team in League One that I cover. So I've seen that League One team play quite a bit this year. I know there's a lot of technical talent that comes out of that program. So those players should uh, be very ball-focused, very skill-focused in terms of playing on the ground. That seems to be a lot of the focus within the women's game right now. Uh, so those two programs together, uh, the, that uh, Unionville program and the Vancouver Whitecaps Elite program, make up nearly half of this roster. Uh, there is actually, I mentioned uh, the Aurora uh, team that I just mentioned. There are a couple players that have graduated from the Markham team that, that are with Aurora now outright uh, playing in that League One team that are on this. So um, a lot of locally sourced players here, uh, as you would expect in a U-17. Uh, this is the women's side of the game. So, you know, they don't have pro opportunities elsewhere, really. So they, they're these are like as salt of the earth, um, developed at home kind of players as you can get within the Canadian system as I said, and uh, we'll watch them with interest and learn about these players in the days ahead. I don't think that, uh, I don't think we'd be doing anyone justice. I, you know, I've seen a couple of these players play, but I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on them. As I said, the keeper's 15, one of their keepers. So that's interesting to me. There's a couple 15 year olds in this yeah. team. Couch. No, exactly. Uh, getting the future ready, getting the goalkeepers of tomorrow ready, because while with the arimic cloud situation and injury, everybody moved up a level as well. So you have that situation going on with the uh, national team. Yep. As I said, uh, we'll get Squizzato on to talk about this. He'll know this roster a little bit better than most in this country, uh, having covered the women's game for years and years and years with a great interest. And uh, certainly uh, that'll be fun. And we'll watch this starting Friday and uh, give you some coverage next week uh, to, to talk about it in a little more detail once we get to know the names. Because right now we'd just be saying uh, names. Well, the, the best name on this roster, if you want to go there, is uh, a young girl by the name of Vital Cats. Her name is Vital Cats. That's an amazing name. Has uh, to go viral. Come on. Vital Cats. Vital Cats, if she plays like on an online stream, so that means Vital Cats and Internet, come on. She has to be the new superstar. <laughs> there you go. Vital Cats. Uh, she's from Scarborough United. Toronto girl. All right. Let's take a quick break, Kevin. You're listening to Soccer Today on SPN Radio. You can find the on-demand version of this very show on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner, PodBay Player, Podbean, anywhere you get your podcasts under the Sports Podcasting Network feed. Subscribe to our YouTube page to make sure you never miss a live show talking about soccer today, the MLS post-game show, open lines after dark, five rings daily during the Olympics. Make sure you subscribe and Give us a follow on Twitter at SportsPodNet and like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Sports Podcasting Network. 
Oh, Big Sam, Big Sam, Big Sam, Big Sam, Big Sam. What are you thinking, Big Sam? What are you doing? Why did you go to Singapore? Oh, an article came out today, Dwayne, on The Guardian. Um, The Telegraph, I believe. uh, The Telegraph, sorry. Investigative uh, reporting going on in the world of the FA and behind the scenes. Did you know, Dwayne, that apparently you can still be a third-party owner in the FA system? Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen it, but this is all over, so I suspect many of you have. But if you haven't seen it already, essentially what it was is that the Telegraph did a a sting operation, an investigative journalistic operation, uh, where they basically tricked um, uh, Sam Altadice into thinking that he was uh, be talking to a business opportunity for himself to – um, they presented themselves as a company that was going to hire him to be an expert speaker. Uh, he would go to uh, China, Malaysia, places like that, somewhere in Asia anyway, speak for $150,000 a pop. Uh, basically, this came out to 150000 pounds, I suspect, actually. Um, he's going to make a significant amount of money to go make these conversations. And this is actually when you break it all down, and there's some juicier stuff in here, but when you break it all down, what's going to get him in the most trouble is uh, him peddling his influence, which is against the contract that he has. You can't use your influence as the manager of England to then profit elsewhere. That's not kosher. Uh, you can so do that, it after your contract, not during your contract. Yeah, precisely. And and he, he's clearly doing that in this. So there is talk within England right now. No wonder now. he looks happy. No wonder he looks happy to be England's manager. Yeah, there you go. And that there is talk, and, and we'll, we'll get to there in a, in a minute. We'll talk a bit about that because that is what, well, as I said, what might end up costing him his job. And that would be patently absurd because he's only managed the team for one game um you know barely can remember that he is the england manager at some points you have to think about it because he's been there for such a short period of time at this particular junction so yeah well uh, the other thing the other juicing detail before we go uh, deeper in that one Dwayne, he put literally roy Hodgson under the bus he put the other england player under the bus too because they were having conversation outside of just trying to do negotiating business and they were talking about how uh the england players don't cope well with adversity they're talking about how roy Hodgson doesn't have the personality and the charisma to be public speaking uh, not necessarily remarks that uh, reflect well on sam Dice himself yeah, well, he was making fun of uh, of Hodgson's. Uh, Hodgson has a slight speech impediment. He was making fun of that, right? So that yes. that's kind of just bullying stuff at that point. That's not very nice, well, and that's not that something. What it feels like, like it feels it like feels, a big bully. Yeah, if only well, there's another example closer to home here in uh, Canada and the United States that we could point to. But at any rate, <laughs> yes, uh, there. Yeah, he was making fun of stuff like that, and that's kind of juicy stuff that's going to get people talking, and it's kind of gossipy right so um but as i said the the other part and the third party stuff let's talk about that because first off if you don't know because not everyone's as versed in this stuff so there might be people out there that don't fully understand what third party ownership means um simply put what it is is that an agent purchases uh, the rights to a player basically they own the player uh, it's been compared to slavery in the sense that you you know it's indentured servitory is what it is right like it's um you are owned and you work off your own, like they help you get to a certain part. It's usually from places from disadvantaged parts of the world where the agent basically will pay for training, pay for equipment, pay for flights, pay for stuff like that in exchange for having an ownership quote unquote of that player through X amount of time, through X amount of money that is paid back. So when that player signs a contract with club, the, person who owns him and it's such a disgusting kind of way to put it but that's what it comes down to the person who owns him will get x amount of that back to basically pay off what they gave them to get them to that point it's it's indentured slavery is exactly what it is if you think back in your history books it's precisely how it's defined so that's that's why it's illegal um it's been illegal in fifa since 2015 which is kind of sad that it took that long it's been illegal in england since 2008 yeah um, you see the difference of the FA and FIFA too, right? It took uh, seven years more for FIFA to get rid of the old guard and make sure that they could pass the rule and there's not going to be objection in the voting department of that rule and that law to implement it. Yeah, and the most most of you will know who Carlos Tevez is. 
Uh, he is probably the most famous example I can point to as a player who, who was third party owned when he came through West Ham uh, from United to West Ham to City eventually. Uh, so that that is a, a situation that uh, um, that arose. He, he the third party ownership was technically or allegedly uh, removed after the, the ban came in place uh, when that was when he was in West Ham. So. Uh, that would uh, so he went West Ham to United to City. Um, so before he went to United, he technically wasn't part of that. Now, what Big Sam was saying, uh, if you if you listen to carefully what he was implying, like because that was one of the things that's getting a lot of the juicy headlines, is him saying that he was giving them a you know a lesson and how to to work around the rule so that they could still have third party ownership. Um, if you listen carefully, he's not precisely telling them how to have third party ownership of a player. What he's telling them is a loophole that still hasn't been closed that will allow you to effectively get the same thing without actually, yeah. quote, unquote, owning the player. And that's basically you buy an agent. You buy an you, agent and the agent is going to give you a kickback or something. Yeah. So the agent gets a 10 percent fee on the contract. You get 5 percent of that fee. So you are you're basically, you know, you you give an agent X amount of money probably as this owner um, to help them recruit, to help them find players, to help them fly around the world because an agent's lifestyle is very expensive, uh, especially if they're trying to start. Um, so it's probably exactly what they would target is agents that have just got their, their uh, you have to get a, uh, do, like basically take a course and pay people money to become an agent is how it works. So basically people trying to start out, they'll probably help them out. They'll say, you know what? I'm going to give you $100,000 to get started. Uh, in exchange, you're going to give me 5% of all of your your uh, fees for the next 10 years or something. Like that's kind of the workaround. It's not exactly the same thing. It's still kind of creepy. It's still going to allow them to, to basically manipulate the players because ultimately the players are beholden to the help that they get from agents and, and people that are out there that, that have the money that they don't. Um, and that's an unfortunate reality that's there. So he was sort of pointing this out and that's – not technically illegal, so he hasn't really told them to do anything illegal. So he probably won't get into any deeper trouble than that. But to come back to the uh, original premise that we were talking about, uh, should this or well this cost him his job? And that comes down uh, yeah. to sort of you alluded yeah. to it, Kevin, off the top, is the optics of it. Should the the manager of England be having these kind of conversations in the way that he was having them? And that's that's what <laughs> you know when you say in the way. With the images and the videos shown on the article as well, it really felt like a James Bond type of character. It really felt like a James Bond type of setting in a couch, laid back with the scotch or having that conversation. Yeah, it, it really felt like the villain or like the, the, the yeah, the villain of a, like a sting operation. You know what I mean? It, it really well, had that Yeah, well, that Big vibe. Sam kind of has that feel to him too. Yeah, he's he kind of has that kingpin type of, type, type of look, yeah, type of feel. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a heavy set, well-fed uh, man of, of high taste that, that just runs. He looks, seems like a, this is, I'm not saying he has clearly lawyers out there. He seems like a mafia boss or something, right? No, so, exactly. Well, that's the uh, the vibe that we get, especially with the setting. And like, I imagine there was jazz music playing in the background. And then, <laughs> you know, and there was smoky room, you know, that type of stuff. Exactly. So, look, I... Okay, I, I don't know whether he'll lose his job. I think that the – and there's a lot of commentary out there that quite rightly points out that the biggest danger he has isn't necessarily what he said because clearly these kind of attitudes that he was expressing are widely held within the halls that he runs in. And that's a problem to discuss another day. But uh, when you look at it from a pragmatic terms right now in terms of whether he'd lose his job because he said these things, it's unlikely that that alone will – will cost him his job. But what might cost him his job is the image issue, especially when England likes to present itself in the world of FIFA as being holier than thou sometimes. And then this comes out that there's this guy that's their manager that's telling these these people that are supposedly business people or agents how to get around the third-party ownership rule. That optics is what might bite him in the ass. Oh, I think – I suspect he'll get a – that was me slapping my wrist. Well, but. Uh, probably a big one too, and we'll see. There's probably going to be investigation on that investigation, so that's going to be the interesting spark. Like they'll launch an inquiry for sure. The FA is going to have to launch an inquiry, but this is just beginning. Precisely. Um, look, the other interesting thing is the Telegraph has already said too that they have more stuff coming out, and there's some interesting juicy uh, teases there. We'll see what the actual story is because the British uh, press is a bit notorious sometimes for not fully coming through on what they tease. Daily Mirror. <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
one of the things you said that really caught my eye, and this is the one, is that uh, that there was a, a manager within England that that failed to report that two of his players had wagered on games that they were participating in, which of course would be a massive story if that that comes out, especially and supposedly it's a one of the bigger name managers, um, so. You know, that's getting everyone speculating. I have some problems with them putting a tease like that out there. Uh, with just if you're gonna put it, if you have that story, just put it out there. Yeah, put, like if you have the proof and you feel confident journalistically and it, put it out there. But the tease to me is, is not like testing water for me. It feels like you're yeah. testing, uh, will it get the traction we want? If not, we'll just wait till we can get the traction we want. No, you either have the story or you don't. Well, and now they basically throw in every manager, every because it's so vague in how they put it. It's a big manager, yeah, and the players right. you'll know. So, like every player in England, every manager in England is like they. Everybody's guilty by association until proven yeah. otherwise. Because hey, you're in English and you're a manager, so maybe it's you. Yeah, exactly. So the, I have a bit of problem with that, but that's that's the English media for you, and it's a it's a catch twenty two. The journalism um, as a journalistic. As a person who went to journalism school, I have some issues with that and how uh, certain certain people react and act in within the world of journalism today it makes us all look bad by association in the same way. So yeah. there you go. So uh, thanks a lot, Rupert Murdoch. There you go. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. I, it, we'll, we'll follow this story, obviously, when the, the other stuff comes out. But uh, uh, certainly there's a lot more material out there if you want to dig into it. Uh, it is a story that's going to get a lot of traction in the days ahead. But uh, we'll leave it aside for now. We'll take a quick break and end with some news. You are listening to SPN Radio, powered by the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit sportspodcastingnetwork.com for more. A news, Dwayne, that we don't have on our list right now. But did you know that a Canadian, for the first time in history, has signed a professional contract with Liverpool FC today? Oh, with Mr. Millar? Liam Millar signed. And you have a nice picture of Jurgen Klopp next with Mr. Millar. Uh, first Canadian ever to sign with Liverpool. We talked about Liam Miller a few weeks ago at the beginning of uh, the season. He scored an amazing goal for the reserves of Liverpool. So we talked about this, and that led to him signing a t- contract, pro contract today. So Alex Hunter, maybe I'm Liam Miller now. Yeah, look, yeah, again, uh, pump the brakes, Canadian fans. Pump, pump the brakes a, a little bit out there because we want to make sure that we don't overhype a kid. But uh, the fact that Jurgen Klopp is showing confidence in him um, is something that uh, that should be – you're okay to be a little excited about that because that's a, a guy with an eye for young talent that has decided that this Canadian kid uh, who has some British roots, so there's where you want to panic and go ahead. Um, cap him now. Yeah. Cap him now. <laughs> yeah, I cap him at the gold cup if I were them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, yeah, so he's a that, that's a good story there, and he certainly has done. He scored a hat trick in his debut for the youth side. So yeah, that's a, a hat trick, and in that three goals, it was a cracker from like twenty yards. It was amazing. Yeah. There's a few younger players out there, so uh, uh, that's uh, that's good there. So Klopp uh, Klopp has has an eye for talent, and and it's nice to see a guy with eye for talent looking at a Canadian for once, uh, even if he has roots elsewhere as well. So sign him now, cap him now, cap him now. So if you are Canadian and you don't have an English Premier League team, well, there's going to be maybe one day Canadian contact with Liverpool. Yeah, well, Liverpool is, you know, it's a significant club. I and mean, that's the story yeah, of the club. Yeah, right? whatever. Yeah. yeah. I know that you have to say that. But yeah, Liverpool used to be a very big club. And it's wanting to become, once again, we'll see if it actually makes it there. It, most successful uh, English club in Europe for sure. There's you sure. can't de- you can't deny the trophies. Uh, and a lot a lot a lot of Canadian fans of Liverpool too. More to the point, uh, I would I would argue, and I have this argument with people all the time here in Toronto. Argument, it's a discussion of what the of what the uh, the most popular Canadian soccer team is, and and it's either United or Liverpool in my opinion. Between the two, their their fan fan bases are massive, and uh, certainly I see it here in Toronto all the time. I suspect Liverpool is the most popular team in Toronto. Oh well, yeah, but, United. United, United's pretty. I, I would say United because of well, United, right? It's the, the history of winning, years, yeah. the more recent winning in the Premier League era. Um, a lot of you know, I've told the story before. We talked about FIFA at the start of the show. How uh, I know, I know of, of an old friend of mine that uh, didn't watch soccer until the the NHL lockout of two thousand five. Right? Anyway, uh, and they just started playing FIFA that year, and they all just picked one of the big clubs, and he became a United fan because he played with United. Right? So there's not a lot of them back then would have been playing with Liverpool. Necessarily because no. they weren't doing as well. No, exactly. 
All right. Uh, that was the story there. We wanted to talk about this uh, weird little TV show, this CBC show. Kevin, tell us again what that's all about. Yeah, it's going to be for now an eight-episode series based in Montreal uh, in a top professional academy of a professional team. I doubt they're going to use the rights and the name of the Montreal Impact and all that. I wouldn't be surprised if they use the uh, the facilities, the infrastructures of the Impact, or maybe otherwise, like Saint-Claude-Rubiard or something similar to that as the backdrop. But yeah, it's going to start filming soon. It is based in the world of soccer, the ins and outs of academy players and wanting to become a pro. That's the setting and the premise of this show. It'll be interesting because soccer will be in the background of the show. Yeah, it's not going to be the whole games. And no, it's going to be it's a it's a fiction series, but it's based in the world of soccer. So a lot of topics that we've heard, corruption in FIFA over the last few years and stuff like that, will probably find ways to be involved in storylines. Uh, but it is going to be interesting to me. And it is, for me, interesting because you remember all those TV shows or movies. Some of them were really bad, like Slapshot, or you had good ones like Youngblood. Yeah, I thought Youngblood was good. I like Youngblood. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> Slapshot bad, young blood good. Well, it depends what your definition of good, right? Slapshot well, is so okay, bad I that can it's think good. Think of one scene that might make it good for certain people. Fine. But yeah. Come on, dude, playing hockey with cage, like on the cage. Ah, oh, that's so awesome. There was a bunch of Belva Bulls that were on the on that team. They were the the yeah, played the, 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 the team anyway. I had to get that. But anyways, uh, we're gonna have that in a maybe a lower scale because it's academy, but there's soccer in our country. It's gonna help, hopefully grow the perception of the sport and maybe finally put a kibosh to those, oh, I don't like soccer, it's such a boring game. Trust me, what goes on surrounding a soccer team is anything but boring. So you will see uh, those aspects in a TV series of Academy players and the ins and outs of the highs and lows of a young prospect trying to make it to the pro. That's the premise of this TV series. 21 Thunder, it's called. Here's a quote from the executive producer. We are excited to be working with the team at PMA, I guess that's the publishing house, and generic to pull pull the curtain back on the thrilling and high-pressure world of elite sports. This riveting drama will offer audiences a fresh and diverse perspective on the world's most popular sport and what it takes to play the beautiful game at a pro level. We yeah. share CBC's commitment to delivering an adrenaline-fueled series that would appeal to viewers across all platforms and, and attract the attention of new audiences eager for gripping, serialized dramas featuring the stories of millennials with big dreams. Exactly. But, Dwayne, you mentioned across all platforms. I would go even further that it's a type of show because of the soccer premise to it that you can sell abroad that can get maybe audiences across the world so maybe it will be Canada's contribution to teen TV after Degrassi we might have 21 Thunder there was we tried this with hockey earlier and I exactly I suspect it, it, it was pretty soap opery and I suspect that this is going to be pretty soap opery too I suspect there'll be you know uh, it's a modern thing so there'll probably be storylines and like issues that are worked like, into the oh plots. no he didn't respond to my text it took him three hours to respond does he like yeah. me anymore oh, it's the cbc so you know one of the players will probably be gay and focusing on that and trying to work through that <laughs> maybe one in the wheelchair or one's going to be like a singer walking around that he gets shot that he because of the wheelchair yeah there'll be there'll be a lot of stuff going on along those lines uh this i suspect might become um guilty uh, viewing pleasure for for MLS fans out there if it does have any element of MLS involved in it the impact's <laughs> name in there I suspect there'll be a few of us that I don't watch that by the way Chad's just an idiot I hate Chad but I don't watch it <laughs> exactly Liam's the man come on yeah all right that, that. Used to be a show I got actually got hooked I thought it was a reality show when I first read this quick that's why thanks for correcting me earlier today because I only read it quick but uh yeah there was a reality show in England that I got hooked on and we we were downloading it sorry um because it was an English show we couldn't get it otherwise and it was they did it over two seasons and it was basically Chelsea Academy they had like tryouts and they'd eliminate one per week and they all lived <laughs> in the house and the guy that won it he actually the, 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 they went two winners and the it was the second season winner and I forget his name right now and some listeners out there probably know what I mean but uh, he actually did play some games for the Chelsea reserves he did get a contract with Chelsea eventually ended up and I think the last I checked he's still playing pro for like some team in the fourth tier or whatever but nonetheless that was a that was a fun little show too it was a big defender a big burly defender that won that I'll, I'll look that up later on but uh, yeah certainly um, the show was made in Chelsea Dwayne that was the name of the show Made in Chelsea. Yeah, what was the guy that won? Do we know? That's what I'm looking. Uh, winner, winner, winner. Uh, Second winner that got the point. Find out what he's doing. 
Okay, there's been a lot. There's been like south of france there's like a lot of series there's a lot of a lot of winners a lot of series but uh interesting if you want to take a look at it but uh no the fiction series that we'll see in cbc maybe in a year or 18 months from now it'll be interesting and we'll see how much traction it gets and how soccer is portrayed in it because we're probably going to find something to to uh, complain about on that aspect of it as well hopefully yeah, it's right. portrayed in the right way or in a way that it's positive to help to grow the sport and not in a Oh, I'm a hockey guy. We're hockey channel, CBC, Hockey Night in Canada, so we're portrayed this sport differently. I don't know. Well, yeah, the hockey show that they did do was, like I said, it was pretty soap opery. There's a lot of sex in it if memory serves, um, which is kind of funny. I think it was actually that was a an RDS show, not RDS, a, a Radio Canada show that got uh, into English, and of course the English version was tamer because it always is. Uh, but yeah, that was a yeah. while ago. Now I, I suspect it's interesting to, to to take this topic seriously as much as we can for two seconds. It is an interesting commentary that they're choosing to do a drama series on soccer in Canada right now. And if you read the rest of that review, uh, they did talk about the diverse population and how this would be reaching more of their audience that the CBC's mandate is. So it does speak to more of a modern Canada that they're not just going to run out another hockey show like they didn't do that. And I think that is significant on some level. I don't want to overread that. It's still ultimately some show called 21 Thunder that's probably going to be going to be pretty trashy but (laughs) (laughs) let's face it our expectations are probably way too high yeah exactly i don't think they're going to be doing a sociological examination of modern canadian society it's probably going to be about um you know tyler's uh love life is probably what it's going to be about at the at the end of it um all right uh we want to talk about the uh we already did the show already on atlanta and uh they're 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 higher but now that it's official uh any different thoughts any do you think it's going to work kevin it's a famous, will a foreign coach work in MLS? And people have the perception that it doesn't. And statistically speaking, it actually does. So we'll see how that unfolds. We'll see where the language barrier is. Uh, the way, the fact that the team is not constructed now, you get a couple of Argentinian players on that team that speaks English and Argentinian, and well, Spanish and uh, English. And guess what? You might kibosh that language barrier by just getting a few players that can speak English. And are Spanish on your team and that are maybe Argentinian background or descent and can uh, understand where Tata Martino comes from. So that's uh, a fair fair possibility. When I see Tata Martino being hired by Atlanta this early, I think it's positive because he has time to build a roster or to get the connection, to get the details, to hire someone who knows the MLS rules, those type of things. He has time and uh, that's at least a positive for Atlanta that you get your coach and then you can build the rest. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, foreign coaches don't work in MLS. Patrick Vieira, you know, that's my comeback to them. Uh, it's coaches that don't embrace what MLS is don't work in MLS. And that doesn't necessarily mean a foreign coach or an American coach because uh, there's lots of failed American coaches out there, too. It's, it's just pretty lazy thinking to just say foreign coach will fail. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm not going to go there. I, I do think that uh, this is a guy that has coached at the highest levels Um that is something that he's going to have to adjust his expectations and the players that he's going to have. Um, I think, as again, to go back to Vieira, yeah. and Vieira's background was a youth coach, and I said that on the show when we talked about this originally. I think that that helps. Um, I'm not sure that the same background I'm seeing here, but nonetheless, this is certainly a... There, it's a it's a statement of intent. Well, he was by, a youth coach, yes. Uh, Tata Martino before he went through the ranks as a coach, and he did coach younger teams, smaller teams in Argentina. He was a coach of New Orleans All Boys, just so far as 2011. So no, he is a. We would have did the description of the coach that actually went through the youth ranks and got his grades up to this point, right? So I wouldn't make it so different than Vieira. Just he's further in his further career, along, further yeah. along in that 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 path. To become a legend of a coach, and we'll see. Maybe he comes to MLS, becomes a super famous figure, and brings Atlanta five championships in the next six years. Who knows? Yeah, my the more interesting thing to me about this is we don't know how he's going to do. Like that's ultimately the answer, here, and that's kind of boring for radio. But I do think that the interesting talking point is the statement of intent that it is from Atlanta United that this is their they have some youth players that they've signed. That let alone is a statement of intent too that they were ahead of the game and already have players that they're paying even before they're they're well before they were playing. But they bring this in, guys. Their first major move is a name that most. Football fans around the world will know. Or at um, least if they don't know the name, you could say, hey, he coached Barcelona in the last five years. So yeah. that is something. And we talked about this the other day when we talked about, you know, um, the next phase of MLS development will be to bring a super coach in. This is 
it's, I don't know if it's quite there, but this is pretty close. He's not a super this, coach, but he's a mega coach. So yeah, this is middle. a coach that's well-known, and this is certainly a different level of coach hire that they brought in, uh, especially for an expansion team. And it is, as I said, it's a statement of intent for Atlanta. And it would not shock me if they, um, they're going to have struggle like attracting – they're not L.A. or New York, so they're going yeah. to have to overcome that. But if they have the money – and they can convince players uh, that are worldly and have played at the highest level to play on turf, if they can get overcome that, that they, I think, are going to be a team that's going to be a three DP, uh, three big DP club and going to be one of those clubs that you talk about along with Toronto, along with LA, along with, uh, you know, well, the Red Bulls have kind of fallen back from it, but I think they'll get back to those ways soon huh. enough, along with those teams that you think of as the big spending teams in MLS. I think Atlanta is going to be right there, and I suspect that they may launch closer to Seattle uh, than than Orlando in terms of their success on the pitch, Kevin. You know, we mentioned uh, yesterday, well, last week on the show when we were making fun with the word tata in French. In other languages, tata means actually funnier things than what it means in French. Okay. Are we going to call them the tatas united? Uh, that's a nickname. Will they be the tatas? Because uh, if they're the tatas, it might not be uh, safe for work. Tatas? Yeah, I know what tata means. Uh, when you say it that way, uh, uh, you'd find that at a strip club um yeah so, so the tata martinos in atlanta where you actually have very highly regarded type of uh, club establishment as well so maybe they will become the tatas the only time i've ever eaten at a hooters was in atlanta so there you go the on that land tatas united atlanta on that note kevin that's uh that's call it a day as always i'll let you say goodbye tomorrow 11 a.m usl wednesday playoffs are coming and will we be talking about them and until then have a great soccer and FIFA. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com.